Hey, hey, friends. Happy Monday. I'm super excited for today's episode, and here's why. We are kicking off a brand new little experiment, if you will, on the podcast where I answer your exact questions on the podcast. So for example, you record yourself asking me a question, anything you want at all about business, sales, getting clients, marketing, faith, motherhood, which is a season that I'm about to walk into, anything you want. I receive your question and then I feature you and your question on the podcast and I record an entire episode answering your exact question. I cannot think of a better way to make sure that I am creating the exact content that you are that you're exactly wanting to hear. Like I am so excited to kick this off. And here's how you do it. Here's how you submit your question so that you can get your question answered and be featured on the show. So you're gonna go down to the show notes and you're gonna click the link, my speak pipe link down in the show notes. Okay. You're gonna click that, click that link. And up is going to pop a page where there's an orange button where you can record your question. So tell me your first name, tell me your question, send it in, and then watch for your question to get answered on the show. It takes less than 60 seconds. And I'm so excited about this because again, this is going to allow me to bring even more helpful content to you on the show, answering the exact questions that you have right now in this season of your coaching business. So Today's question was sent in and it is how to get clear on your branding so that you can attract the right coaching clients online for your business. Let's do it. Hey coach, welcome to the Bibles, Babies and Business podcast. Are you ready to get more consistent, high ticket clients in your online coaching business without having to go through exhausting flops launches? Are you constantly searching for podcast episodes, looking for that key to unlocking $10,000 months in your business? Do you have big dreams of becoming debt free, going on more family vacations and staying home with your kids? But right now your business isn't even breaking $2,000 a month. Hey there, I'm Cammie. I'm a Christian, a wife, and a soon to be mom. A few years ago, before I was known for being a high-ticket sales expert for online coaches, and before I founded my program, High Ticket Powerhouse, which offers some of the best marketing and sales strategy in the coaching industry, I was just your average online coach, struggling to get by. I didn't know how to get clients, make consistent money online, or get out of the painful cycle of living paycheck to paycheck and drowning in debt. And to make matters worse, My husband and I were struggling through years of infertility and needed tens of thousands of dollars to grow our family. Oh, and on top of that, student loans and credit card debt. Needless to say, financially, we were a sinking ship. My business needed to make money. My family depended on it. That's when I discovered the art of how to close high ticket sales. And the best part, you don't need thousands of Instagram followers or ever have to struggle through another duct taped Instagram launch ever again. In this podcast, you'll find practical sales strategies to use in your own coaching business, biblical principles for the Christian entrepreneur, and a healthy dose of tough love. Because one thing you need to know about me, I don't sugarcoat it. My ultimate goal is to turn you into an absolute powerhouse at selling your high ticket coaching online. So you can be a blessing to your family, a blessing to your clients, and create life-changing impact for the kingdom of heaven. So grab your Bible, your laptop, and let's get to work. Because you were made for this. 
Hey, Cammie, I would love to hear how you came up with your brand. I know you use the pinks a lot and you have this awesome presence on your Instagram stories, but I'm just curious, how can I get clear on that for myself? And how can I make my brand strong and attract my ideal client? I love this question. So thank you for sending it in. And what I also love about this question is that it's not something that I don't think we've actually talked about branding on the show before, which again is another reason why I'm so excited to be asking or excuse me, answering your exact questions on the show so I can make sure that I'm addressing the content that you really want to hear. So perfect example, love this question. Let's dive into branding, how to get clear on your specific branding so that you can attract the right coaching clients online for your business. So branding is important for three main reasons. There's a lot of reasons why branding is important, but it really breaks down to these top three reasons. Number one, your branding is an extension of who you are as a coach and business owner. And because many of us as coaches, our ideal client is a previous version of us, oftentimes our branding is also an extension of who our ideal client either is right now or who is wanting to be. Okay, we'll dive into that more in a moment. Number two, your branding establishes professionalism on your page, on your overall content, on your website, on your, your podcast cover art, wherever it is that you're showing up. Your branding establishes professionalism or maybe a lack of professionalism if, if, if like, you know, you know, when you, you go onto somebody's page and it just looks like a hot mess. Like there's, there's just, it looks like a color wheel just threw up on their page. There's zero cohesiveness. It, it looks messy. It looks overly busy. And when somebody like goes onto that page, it just is like a feeling. And if you're somebody that is selling high ticket coaching, or let me say this, if you're somebody that is investing in a high ticket coach, wouldn't you feel more comfortable investing in a coach that had branding that communicated professionalism, organization that was clear, that 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 communicated a message of clarity? Wouldn't you feel so much more confident investing your hard-earned dollars into somebody who put their best foot forward with branding as opposed to somebody whose branding just looks disheveled? I think of it this way. If you were going to go to your wedding, women spend months planning and preparing for the day of their wedding and how they will look on their wedding day. They they go dress shopping. They do um, practice makeup appointments. They do practice um, hair appointments. They plan their shoes. They get their nails done. Why? Because they want to look beautiful and put their best foot forward on their wedding day. It's the same concept here. Your branding needs to put your best foot forward and that's going to establish professionalism and make your ideal client even more confident to invest their hard-earned dollars in you, especially if you are, and I hope that you are, selling high-ticket coaching. Okay, so that's number two. It establishes professionalism all over your page. And number three, it serves as unspoken communication to your ideal client that attracts them to your business. For example, my brand is very pink. It is very rare for me to have men asking for my coaching help. Why? 
Because when, when men come to my page, even if they're an online coach that wants to learn how to, how to sell high ticket coaching, usually they're not really drawn to my business because I have paint just all over my page. It really communicates a feminine um, feeling, right? And so it's unspoken that I really work with women, but it's effective unspoken communication, right? Because I, it's not like I have to come out all the time and say, I work with women. I mean, I mean, I, I do, I say, I, I unapologetically say, I work with women, I work with moms. But even if I wasn't saying that, it would be communicated unspoken by the colors, by the fonts, by the branding that I choose to display my business. If you were to walk into a, like, for, for you that, for, for the women here that have like young children, okay? Let's say that you have a son and you have a daughter and they each have separate rooms. If you walked into a room that was like football themed and was blue and gray and had Tonka trucks on the floor, you would think, oh, this is, this is a boy's room, right? If you walked into a room and it was princess and pink and frilly and sparkles, you would think, oh, this is a girl's room, right? Same concept with your branding. It is unspoken communication that draws in whoever your ideal client is. That also means that it is going to repel those who are not your ideal client. Men are not really who I am marketing to. And so men are probably repelled by my marketing because it is pink, okay? So there are so many aspects to branding, right? We're not gonna be able to fit it into like a 30-minute podcast episode. But I wanna address some, some, some maybe more obvious parts of branding that meet you uh, maybe where you're at if you're somebody that is starting in the coaching space. And as you get deeper and deeper into your business or excuse me, build it bigger and bigger, you can get more expressive with your branding. You can hire people to help you with your branding. All of that being said, the bells and whistles, that can come with time. But 99% of you who are listening to this podcast episode are in the first two years of your business or you're working towards your first $100,000 and you don't need all the bells and whistles yet. So I want to address like the foundations of branding for you today. These are like the things that I think are bare minimum that these are the things that like you don't need all the bells and whistles. Just focus on these things. Do your best with these things. And then when you are making significant income in your business, then you can get into all the details because there's a lot of really fun things that you can do with your branding. But I don't want to get the cart in front of the horse. In my opinion, branding is not one of the major factors of your business that is going to impact your sales. I'm going to leave that right there for just a moment. We'll talk about that in, in a second. All of that to be said, we are going to talk about branding foundations today. So when I talk about the branding foundations, we're specifically going to be referring to the colors that you're using, the fonts that you're using, and the overall feeling that a person gets when they look at your content. Whether your content is a reel, whether it is a podcast cover, whether it is your website, whether it's a Facebook banner, whatever it is, when they look at your content, they're getting a certain feeling. Let me explain. Have you ever walked into a really fancy hotel and as soon as you walked in the doors, there was a certain feeling that settled on you based on the decor of that hotel? For example, when I have walked into the Marriott on Kauai 
it is very earthy, right? Um, and that makes sense because it is on an island where the main attraction of the island is the nature. It's the fact that it's a beach. When you go to Hawaii, you go to Hawaii to be outside. Nobody is going to Hawaii to sit indoors. We're all going to Hawaii to be outside. So the decor of the hotel is really focused on showcasing the nature of the island. So like the floors are wood. There's excuse me, there's probably like lots of greenery. Um, there's big windows to showcase the view. Um, it's very nature focused. I, when I walk into the Marriott and Kauai, I feel like I am immersed in the beauty of the nature of the island. I get a certain feeling when I walk into the Marriott and Kauai. Now, contrast to that, when I walked into the Waldorf Astoria last weekend in Chicago, I got a completely different feeling. That hotel was in the middle of a city, right? There was beauty in the skyline, but like nobody goes to Chicago because it's like they want to be immersed in nature. It, they go to Chicago because of, of the city. It was very sleek. It was very shiny. It was very um, modern decor. I got an entirely different feeling when I walked into the, the Waldorf Astoria in Chicago than when I walk into the Marriott in Kauai. Another perfect example of this is like interior design. I don't know about you, but I love me some HGTV home renovation shows. Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna Gaines. That, that's my, that is me. I love that. Okay. I could walk on the treadmill at the gym and watch Chip and Joanna Gaines just just make a home look beautiful. Like, I love that type of show. And speaking of Chip and Joanna Gaines, they, their brand has a certain feeling to it, right? When they design a house, when Joanna designs a home, we expect a certain feeling to come from Joanna's designs, right? Because she has, she, she has a pattern of, of, a certain type of design so much so that they chip and joanna Gaines have actually created their own their own home design brand it's called magnolia so that everybody who likes the look of joanna's designs and they like the feel of joanna's designs could also get that same look and feel inside their house by shopping the magnolia brand it is the same way with your brand your brand should have a certain feel to it. When somebody walks into or taps onto your, your profile, right? I imagine it as like walking into a room, opening the door, clicking on your profile, and they immerse themselves in your content. It should have a certain feeling to it. And that feeling that they get should be an extension of who you are as a coach, who they are as an ideal client, or who they want to be after the transformation with you. And it should be communicated as professional. So the very first thing that you need to ask yourself when you are establishing a strong brand is who am I as a coach? What is my personality? Who, who, am, I, who am I? Who did God make me to be? Who am I as a coach and business owner? So I'm going to grab your journal and I want you to, to jot down some words that describe yourself. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I did this a little bit here um, in preparation for for this episode, I typed out some adjectives that I feel really describe myself. I am very bold. I'm kind of loud. I'm a girly girl. I, I have my, my tomboy moments, but like, I'm a girly girl. If you look at my closet, there's a lot of like pink there. There's a lot of feminine colors. I'm assertive. 
I can be confrontational um, or I can be polarizing. I can say things that are, um, oh, what's the word? What is the word I'm looking for? I can say things that are controversial, <laughs> confrontational and controversial. There, that's that. That's it. That I can be both of those things. I am outgoing for the most part. I'm an extrovert and I absolutely love adventure. I love traveling. I love the concept of making memories. And I want my brand to showcase my travels. I don't know about if you've noticed, but whenever I travel, I love to share with my audience the travels that I'm doing. Um, I just got back from Chicago with Lucas. Um, I I showcased, I did a whole reel last week. Um, Well, it's last week as you're hearing this. It was earlier this week as I'm recording this. I did an entire reel kind of showcasing our trip. When we went to Hawaii, I showcased that trip. I'm going to Arizona um, here at the end of the week. I'm going to showcase that trip. And the reason why I want to showcase that is because that is part of my brand. That's part of what I love. And I know that my ideal client loves travel as well. I know that she does. And I know that that's also part of why she's she's wanting to build her business is to create more opportunities to travel in her life. I know that because she's told me that. And I know that because my ideal client is a previous version of me and I desperately wanted to travel more. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I started my business. I wanted more freedom to go out and explore the world. And so it's really important to me to make that a part of my brand. So I want you to do this exercise, grab a journal and start writing down adjectives that describe yourself. And maybe they're not all adjectives because I wrote down in all caps, I love adventure. (laughs) And that's not necessarily an adjective, but write down things that, that really represent you. That's number one. Number two is in that same journal, I want you to ask yourself, who is your ideal client? So you just got done asking yourself, who are you describing yourself? And now who is your ideal client? Now, most of the time, nine times out of 10, our ideal client is a previous version of ourselves. So when you wrote down the adjectives and the things that describe yourself, you were probably also describing your ideal client. Now, whether you were describing your ideal client where they are before they work with you, or you were describing where your ideal client wants to be, for example, my ideal client is starting a business and wants to help other people generate more income and create more freedom in their life. Time freedom, financial freedom, location freedom, and they really, really want to travel. Right now, she is in a season where she's likely struggling financially, so she's probably not doing a whole lot of traveling. If she see tra- sees traveling on my brand, that may not exp- that may not showcase where she's currently at in her life, but it demonstrates where she wants to go. I was not doing all of this traveling when I was broke. I mean, my parents oh so graciously took me on vacation and paid for it. So I was doing a little bit of travel, but that's not that's not because I was creating financial freedom and and I wanted to travel and create financial freedom so that I could then go and travel more, right? So my expression of travel in my branding does not necessarily describe where my ideal client currently is, but it describes where she wants to go, okay? So think about where is your ideal client? Where is she at right now? Where does she wanna go? And because you are likely, nine times out of 10, a future version of where your ideal client currently is, when you describe yourself, you're either describing where she is or where she wants to be. 
I was still kind of loud and, and bold and a girly girl before I had the transformation in my business. So some of the times um, you're describing yourself and those things carry on before and after the transformation. And sometimes like in the, in the case of travel, um, you're describing where she wants to go. All right. So all of that to be said, to boil that down into like one cohesive sentence, when you describe yourself, you are almost always also describing your ideal client or the version of herself that she wants to be. That's number two, describe your ideal client. Number three, you need to ask yourself what colors, what fonts, what designs, and may I even take it a step further, what elements represent the words that you just wrote down that describe both yourself and your ideal client. I believe the most practical way to do this is to go to good old Pinterest. Years ago, I had my website designed um, by an incredible woman, an incredible designer. Um, her name is Elizabeth and her, go, go follow her on Instagram. Her handle is Elizabeth and I'm going to try and pronounce her last name, Avrianova. I'm going to spell that out. It's E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H. So Elizabeth spelled traditionally. All one word, A-V-E-R-Y-A-N-O-V-A. Elizabeth Avrianova. Okay. And one thing that Elizabeth did is to, to understand the feeling that I wanted my website to have, she told me to go to Pinterest and she said, Cami, I want you to create a folder on Pinterest. And I want you to start saving pictures to that folder that you really like. Okay. And these can be interior design photos. They, they could be anything. And so I thought, wow, this is a fun exercise. So I went to Pinterest and I created a folder and I started just searching on Pinterest. And Pinterest is so great for showing you beautiful aesthetic photos, right? We all love that. I just started to search in Pinterest the things that I loved. And what do I love? I love the color pink. And I also love the beach, right? And that represents travel. So I literally typed in pink beach and up popped the most cami photos that I think I've ever seen in my life. And I love how, like, you can type the, like, random things into Pinterest that maybe in the real world wouldn't seem like two things that go together, like pink and beach. Like, typing in pink beach is probably, like, not often a thing that two people would associate together. But when I typed that in and I felt like those were words that really described me and what I love into Pinterest, up popped the most cami photos ever. And I started saving photos left and right to a folder that I felt best represented me and the feeling that I wanted my brand to have. And this is an exercise that I would strongly encourage you to do as well. Go to Pinterest, start typing in the colors that you love, um, different things that you love. Like perhaps it's travel, perhaps it is modern interior design. Maybe it's farmhouse. I am a farmhouse design woman. It's kind of interesting. Like if I were to design like my house, I think I would use a lot of like neutral colors. But if I were to design my office as I'm like about, I'm in the process of like starting to design it, it is so pink and it's like island themed, right? It's interesting. I have like multiple sides of my <laughs> the designs that I love. But go to, go to Pinterest, create a folder and start just searching things that you love, that you feel best represent you, your brand, color palettes, fonts, whatever it is, save it to a folder. And then once you have several photos saved, start looking through that folder. And, and I, would get, I would bet that you are going to start to see a cohesive theme right? Not to say that every single photo matches perfectly, but you're going to start to see a theme amongst your branding. 
And that is likely the theme or the feeling that your branding is going to have. Now, with all of this being said, I do want to note a couple things that are important for you to consider when you are designing your branding, right? We, we there there's there's there are not constraints to this. Like you don't need a color inside the lines when it comes to your branding. There's no rules, but there's there's guidelines that that are wise to consider. So here are some things that you need to consider. Number one is color psychology. Here's what you need to know. Colors communicate. Every time you are driving and you see a red light, what do you do? You stop. Because we are taught that the color red means do not go forward. Stop. Halt. If you go forward and this light is red, there is danger beyond. Like, like, like you should stop here. On the flip side of that, green means go. Safe to move forward. Green also oftentimes is associated with growth because of plants, nature, money. So understand that different colors communicate different things. I want you to Google color psychology chart and just study it. And with that being said, you need to be aware of the colors that you're using and what those colors communicate to your ideal client. If you are somebody that is pitching high ticket, which I hope that you are. We need to recognize that when when we're selling high ticket, it is usually a moment of tension for our ideal client. Like if you were to pitch something for like $5,000 and you're in the middle of your pitch and your sales presentation, which I hope that you have a sales presentation. If you don't, you need to be inside of high ticket powerhouse round two happening this summer because it is a game. Like if you're selling high ticket, you need to have a presentation, okay? I'll leave it at that. Go down to the show notes. Put your name on the wait list to, to be in High Ticket Powerhouse round two happening this summer. Shameless plug. You, you need to understand that when you're pitching something high ticket, there's a nervousness that your ideal client is feeling, right? Because anytime that we are putting money on the line, especially money that is thousands of dollars, there's a nervousness in our, our client. So we don't want to add to that nervousness by putting a whole bunch of colors on the page that communicate things like anxiety or danger right? We would want to communicate colors that are calm, that are, that are happy, that are exciting. Now that's not to say that you can't use colors that like, if you really love red, right? Red communicates stop, but it can also communicate passion. So depending upon your branding and your niche, maybe red would actually be a really appropriate color. Maybe it's the, maybe we, we adjust the tone of red or the shade of red. All of this to, to, to say, you need to be aware of the colors you're using and what those co- colors communicate to your ideal client and how they are going to feel when they see those colors. And you may need to adjust your colors a little bit to communicate the accurate message that you're wanting to communicate to your ideal client. Side note to that, consider the gender of your ideal client. If you are somebody that only works with women, I'm not saying that you can't use blue colors. I'm not saying you can't use um, masculine colors. What I am saying is that you may find that both men and women are seeking out your help, of course, depending upon the niche that, that you have, based upon the colors that you use. So like I work with women, I use pink colors. You don't have to use pink colors if you are somebody that, that only works with women, right? I, this is just me because I love pink. 
um, just recognize that there are, there are colors that are, that are feminine colors that are associated with like girly girl. And then there's colors that are more masculine colors and be aware of that. And who is your ideal client and what are the colors communicating that you're using? So all in all, consider color psychology. Next fonts. You need to make sure that whatever font you're using is readable. Ladies, I know, I know, I know, I know that we love those handwriting fonts. We do. We, we just love the dainty, feminine, um, crisp, cursive handwriting fonts. However, some of them, not all of them, some of them are just not readable. They look like scribbles. And if I cannot read what, it, what you're saying in your font, then what's the point? So yes, choose a font that is a representation of you and your brand and make darn sure that it's readable. It is really common for people to have like one fun font, something that is maybe cursive or like, you know, something that is like not a non-traditional font, something that that's really fun um, and full of a lot of character. And then have another font that, font that is more copy and something that is super readable, like like Times New Roman or maybe Monastery. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. But like that's that's the, the font that I use when I'm typing out something that I really want people to, to have readable. I use Monastery font. But if I'm using something that's more of like a fun font for like a title, I may consider like a handwriting font or something different. All in all though, your fonts need to be readable. And I would, I personally would, would narrow it down to one really fun font and then one really readable font. Next, your branding does not need to be perfect. I'm going to say that again. Your branding, your grid does not need to be perfect. You can waste a lot of time trying to get every color every picture, every reel, exactly perfect, right in each, every one of your photos, videos, and you can give yourself a headache. I've done this. Please learn from me. Okay. Learn from my mistakes. Your branding does not need to be perfect. It does need to be cohesive. It needs to flow. It does not need to be perfect. It needs to flow and realize that your branding can be written in sand meaning it's subject to change. I'm actually in the process right now of adjusting some of my brand colors, right? So if, if you're watching my Instagram over the next several weeks, you're probably gonna notice a shift a little bit. I'm still gonna use a lot of pinks, but you're gonna notice a little bit of a shift in my branding. That's okay. It's not like if you choose colors um, this year, it doesn't mean that you can't change your colors next year, right? They're written in sand. You can change it, but recognize that it does need to flow. Um, tips to creating cohesiveness with your branding. When you're recording reels and posting them to your feed, please do not go hog wild and use a different filter every single time that you record and post a reel. I personally would narrow it down to like one to three filters that you use for your reels so that there is a sense of cohesiveness when people are looking at your grid. When you post a photo on your feed, and if you're if you're editing that photo, you can use presets, which are just the lighting and they adjust the color of your photos to make them look cohesive, to make it look like it's all edited the same. And Etsy has really great photo presets for as low as just a few dollars. Like I can spend I can spend less than four dollars and get an amazing bundle of presets. 
like and, and use them on my photos to create cohesiveness on my page. Branding is important. And in my opinion, it is not the most important of your, it's not the most important aspect of your business. Why? Because as I touched on earlier, branding does not majorly impact your sales. I'm not going to say that it doesn't impact your sales because it, it can, but what impacts your sales more is your offer. What impacts your sales more is your sales skills. What does your sales process look like? So if you're starting your business and you are stressing out about your branding and you don't have an offer yet, we need to re reorder your priorities. Branding is important. It's just not the most important because it's not the biggest thing that directly impacts you making money in your business. Therefore, this brings me to my last note for you today. If you are a new coach, if you are in your first two years of business, if you're currently working towards um, $5,000 months, I would not spend loads of money to pay somebody to create your branding. I wouldn't. Other people may disagree with that. That's fine. That's my opinion. I would not spend loads of money paying other people to create a branding kit for me if I was not yet making consistent profit, profitable months in my business. What you can use is Canva. Canva is a great graphic design tool. There's a free version. You can pay $20 a month and have the paid version and create like, uh, and save all your branding colors if you want. Like Canva is incredible. And I believe that Canva is more than enough tools for you to create a cohesive brand without having to pay somebody else to do it. Until you are making at least $5,000 months in your business, please do not spend significant money on your branding because it's just not one of the most biggest factors that's contributing to your sales. I'm not saying it's not important, but let's focus on the most important things that do impact your sales. And then when you are consistently profitable in your business and you're making consistently $5,000 months or more, then you can go pay somebody for branding. Little side note, also, you do not need a website right now. If you have one, fine, great, love it. You don't need one right now. I actually right now do not have an entirely functioning website. I have, I have functioning pages, but I do not have an entirely functioning website. I don't need it. And my business is doing very well from a month to month basis. Like it's like I am making money every single month and, and I do not have a full blown website. There are things that you do not need to spend your money on right now. Someday, yes, but right now you don't need to do it. Thank you for this question. I loved this question. I loved like a new style of podcast episode where I got to hear your question and create an entire episode addressing your specific question. I love knowing that I'm creating content that is exactly whatever it is that, that you all are needing to hear. And so I would love for you to send me in your recorded question so that I can go create helpful content for you, feature you on the show and answer your question in a podcast episode. So here's what I want you to do. Go down in the show notes, click my speak pipe link. You'll see it right there in the show notes. Record your question. Be sure to give me your first name so I can feature you on the show. Record me, record your, uh, your question. Let me know your name, send in your question, and then keep your eyes open to watch for an episode that answers your question on the show. 
Friends, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this this episode was helpful for you. If it was, would you please do me a favor and share it on your Instagram story, tag me or send it to a friend. It would be so helpful so we can make sure this podcast is getting out to as many online coaches as possible so they can sharpen their sales skills, get more coaching clients, make more money in their business, stay home with their kids and create more financial time and location freedom for their family. Would you help me do that? Would you share this episode and help get this podcast out to more coaches who need this information? I would be oh so grateful. I love you, friend, and I'll see you on Thursday. Hey, coach. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you got exactly what you needed to hear, even if it stung a little. Every week, I am committed to showing up here on the show and bringing you not one, but two value-packed episodes to help you grow deeper in your faith, build a profitable coaching business, and become an absolute powerhouse at getting high-ticket coaching clients online. And the number one way that you can support the Bible's Babies and Business podcast is by taking 30 seconds to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and then share this show with a friend. Thank you for partnering with me to get these episodes out to as many online coaches as possible because the world needs more powerhouse women building online coaching businesses for the kingdom of heaven. I appreciate you. I love you. And I'll see you in the next episode.